Welcome to another edition of the Artist Block Podcast. I'm your host, Watricia Schuler, and today's guest um, is a very phenomenal person. He is a poet, he's an educator, and just an all-around dope person. So welcome to the show, Desana Hanu. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> glad okay. to be here. Glad to be here and glad to be on the show. Yes. Appreciate you for coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were talking before about how we first met. Right. Um, which was at St. All. Yeah. Uh, that was my first teaching job when I got there. And my job there was I was in film, the film department. So that's what I was teaching. Um, so I was doing my thesis during the time and Al Strong did my soundtrack. This was before mm-hmm. the article, though, before he mm-hmm. is what he is today. I mean, he was doing his thing then, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? So. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like it was a group called um, Upright Lions. Mm -hmm. And they were performing at this little spot near State. And I feel like I saw you there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Me and the Upright Lions are like brothers. And um, and so whenever they would come into town, um, especially anything in Raleigh, yeah, we we often um, perform together. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. Because um, Artist Blog wasn't in existence yet. We were, like, just talking about it, but we were still artists. Yes. So, again, I had heard about you on campus, and you were the man on campus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I'm glad that we are having this moment to rekindle and reconnect. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yes, definitely. Yes. Wow, it's a long time, too. It was a long time ago. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, talk to me about a young design and how you got into the arts and came to be what you are today. Um, By accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of crazy because, you know, um, for most of my life, art was not something that I thought about, like, you know, prominently. Um, writing was just, I, I grew up as an only child. I was my mother's only child. My dad had other kids, but they weren't together. So, and my mom's the oldest mm-hmm. of her siblings. So I was like the oldest grandchild. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of time on my hands. I was rambunctious and mischievous and too smart for my own good. So um, writing and reading was a thing that I could do mm-hmm. and occupy my time. Mm-hmm. If not, then there's no telling what what I was going to get into. So um, the arts were just an outlet. And then I ended up um, being involved. I got moved into what they call um, an AG program or a magnet mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. in the second grade. And so I got introduced to literature and things like that a little bit more than you would in your regular English class because mm-hmm. um, I was in the accelerated classes. And I wrote my first poem in second grade. Okay. You know, I got put in the school newspaper. My mom was all excited. Um, what was it? I, I, you know, I don't remember. The only thing I remember is that I called whatever president at the time, I called him a billy goat. It was like a political okay. commentary. Okay. I don't know why I felt, <laughs> however I felt. I was li- that. That's one of the things about being the, the first kid around is mm-hmm. that you're around, a, you're around adults mm-hmm. of various ages. Right. There's no other kids. So I overheard something, wrote my little poem, and. I think if that today, I don't know if anybody would have put that in the newspaper. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah. Um, but as I got into high school, I went to Enloe High School in Raleigh, and they mm-hmm. had a really, really strong arts program. Mm-hmm. Um, full auditorium theater. They did a lot of, you know, musicals and things like that. And a lot the city used that auditorium for a lot of talent shows and things. Mm-hmm. So I was too shy to do anything by myself. But if the homies were doing it, then I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that got me into trouble. But if the homies <laughs> were doing it, I'm down. Yeah. And so I got exposed to, you know, performing and things like that. But mm-hmm. getting me to do anything by myself, never. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, I say all that to say is that um, when I went off to college, I partied too much. But folks found out that I wrote. Mm-hmm. It would try to invite me out. And I went, I went, I was at a and 
Okay. And so, you know, folks get down on campus, you know, right. like, you know, there was strong writing department. Yeah, folks coming from all over the country. And I was like, I'm not reading nothing, nowhere in front of nobody. Y'all can stop asking. Mm-hmm. And um, I parted myself back to the crib, okay. which happens at T. <laughs> <laughs> and so my cousin, we're like brothers, found out that there was like this bohemian set that was happening in a monthly event called The Cypher. Mm-hmm. And he was like, let's go, because I heard the girls there dope i'm like cool (laughs) we get there and of course you know and he we both were hip-hop heads and you know we're both with freestyle and all that Mm -hmm. but i also wrote poetry and so we're at this set where there's like music and poetry and what have you and he's like telling people i write and i'm like bruh stop yeah i get it you know what i'm saying because it's a a dope thing to say when you're walking up on like hey what's going on how you doing you know my boy right but i'm like in my head i'm like let's not do this too much Mm -hmm. sure enough said it enough that somebody was like well you know the same folks that do this do a weekly open mic and i'm like oh damn so he's like cool we coming mm-hmm. through and i'm like no we ain't he's like yeah we are because <laughs> because because it, it was true yeah. the w- women were amazing so yeah. he's like we coming through the open mic we go to the open mic the host is someone i grew up with mm. so he's like a word you right i'm like uh uh, uh my cousin is like yeah he do He's like, cool, we're going to get you on the mic, right? And I'm like, nah. He's like, yeah. Next couple of weeks, he's like, we're going to get you on the mic, right? He's like, I'm not going to let you not read. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to read. And that's where everything started. Because I'm like, I got to read. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting ready to sign my real name on the, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be called. I'm like, do I want to be called up by my regular name? No. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do I want to up, be called up by anyone in the, the hip rap names I use? No. And so that's where the Sana Hanu came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I read my first poem ever publicly there. It was a set called Expressions in downtown Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And I just got the bug. Mm-hmm. Like immediately from the time I got off stage, I got the bug. And then I finally, if you did well enough, you could get a shot at performing at the monthly event. Mm-hmm. But you had to get there because the list was short because they did featured performances after party the whole nine mm-hmm. live band show dj and i got the last slot one month mm-hmm. before you go to the party mm-hmm. i walk up the host is like man look you might want to go ahead and make this quick because mm-hmm. folks is ready for the party mm-hmm. so i get up i do my poem no confidence whatever and i had one another one of my homeboys who's an mc another artist and he was like he i got off stage he cussed me out he was like, bro, don't, don't, don't you ever do that no more. He was, and what he said, the thing that stuck was after he cussed me out, he was like, don't ever get on stage and give them a reason not to hear you. And so I just got hungry and I just started hitting the mic as much as possible. Anywhere I heard about things. Mm-hmm. Um, Chapel Hill, I started trekking back down to Greensboro, making connections with folks that I, I knew up this way, just trying to get my chops up mm-hmm. and fell in love. Mm. I have so many questions <laughs> from that. For what? So you from Raleigh, mm-hmm. born and raised. Yep. That is so interesting. I'm from Garner, and I tried to go to LL. They denied me. So I went to Garner City High, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I went to Auntie. I didn't know you went there. Yep. But I went to Auntie. Um, so, because I know you said you had your little situation with Auntie. Did you end up going back to Auntie, or did you go somewhere else? I ended up going to St. Aug. Oh. So that was how my connection to St. Aug. So I got the reason why I ended up teaching was I got 
one of the English professors there, when I went back to school, mm-hmm. and when I went back to school, um, I went back to school because I got laid off from my job. And my job it was paying for me to traipse around up and down the East Coast to go do poems because I had mm-hmm. a pretty good job at the time. But I didn't have a degree. Mm-hmm. So when they they laid off everybody off, the folk, I was I was working with a staffing company and they were like, you don't have a degree, so we can't get mm-hmm. you this money again. Because mm-hmm. the market is, and I was like, well, I'm going to get a degree then. Mm-hmm. My young stuff and stuff, I'm like, fine, I'll go get a degree. And I had my grandfather and my aunt both were St. Augustine alums. Mm-hmm. So I went over there, looked at one of their programs, um, and I and I went to St. Aug. The English professor knew me from community work. She's a big, you know, mentor of mine, but a big hippie. And mm-hmm. so she was heavily involved in community work. And she got the idea, she ended up becoming chair, and she got the idea to pitch a residency. Mm-hmm. Um, and asked me to come over and meet with some folks and help make the pitch. And, and I didn't know if it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I was working with a nonprofit in Raleigh. They had a, they had a job they were trying to offer me. And right before I was getting ready to take it, I got the call that they mm-hmm. approved it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I ended up at St. Aug. Wow. They approved the residency. Um, and that's how I ended up teaching there. Mm-hmm. But I had already found the arts. Mm. And so that's what I did to help me pay bills while I went back to school because I needed it to be flexible so I could mm. take classes. Mm-hmm. So I worked with arts organizations and I did workshops and teach working with kids. I had a background working with kids. So I did arts art programs for kids. By the time I got my degree, the arts community was already like wrapping their arms around me. So yeah. that last that last job I had with that nonprofit before I got the call for the residency was my last like attempt mm-hmm. for like corporate America or anything. Cause mm-hmm. I went, you know, I was, I was looking with A&T to be an engineer, but I ended up graduating with a organizational management degree. Wow. And was working in project supervision at, a, at um, IBM and mm-hmm. was looking at project management. Hmm. I had background. I'd been an executive, a lot of odd jobs. I'd been an executive assistant and all these things. So corporate America, and management was was where my mind was mm-hmm. um and then god was like well before you go do that mm-hmm. let me and i got the phone call and i had a choice mm-hmm. and actually saint aug was less money mm-hmm. but something said take that mm-hmm. and everything shifted so it became arts and then saint aug is what convinced me to go get my master's so i could keep teaching Mm-hmm. Um, and then gave me a shot as, at to be a, prof, a full professor. I mean, to be a full time professor. So, but yeah, that all was community because I okay. was headed in a different direction. Wow, where'd you get your master's from? University of Denver. Okay. You know, um, that same cousin. Okay. It's so funny. We're it's funny our lives <laughs> intertwined. He he ended up coming. He was at state, and we mm-hmm. both parted our way out of school. Okay, <laughs> so we both went to St. Aug, uh-huh. um, and got our undergraduate degrees, and then he went and got um, a MFA. Mm-hmm. I mean, not an MBA. And he was also in a, on a project management, you know, manage management track. He stayed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got pulled into the arts, and so he got a job. They sent him to Michigan first, and then he ended up in Denver. Mm-hmm. because we're like two peas in a pod. I'm out in Denver hanging out and found out about University of Denver. And I'm like, well, this is crazy. He's like, move out here, bro. Like, come on, just mm-hmm. come out here. I'm like, well, okay. So I looked at, I looked at UD because they had like one of the top creative writing programs. Wow. But it's, it's a PhD, the, it's a PhD program. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Um, I've been running from a PhD for years now. So <laughs> I, was like, oh. I went and there in their continuing education program, mm. they had arts degrees mm. and it was arts management and, and a, or you could get a degree in art culture that was writing focused and you could mm. choose your disciplines. Mm. Um, and I was like, cool. And you could do it on campus or online. Mm. So I'm like, well, I can start taking classes now. And then when I decide to move, I don't, there won't be a disruption to the program. Right. And he, and he, I was, so I told him that and he was like, word, like, yeah, as long as you coming out here, cool. Yeah. So I went over there to the school, met with some folks, signed up for the program and I didn't move, mm. but I didn't have, but I could, could finish the program from here. Yeah. So it was a great program. Um, concentration was in creative writing, focused on poetry and short fiction and, um, and finished my master's there. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting because. I mean, would you tell the story how you say you weren't intentionally trying to get into the arts, but it's like your life kept pulling you in that particular direction. Um, I want to bring it back a little bit because you said you loved hip hop and I guess you were battling between being an MC and a poet mm -hmm. when you were initially writing, or did you always know that you wanted to be a poet and the MCing was a side thing? That's a really good question. So I'm a, I'm, I, I grew up really shy. And it's so mm -hmm. funny because the friends I grew up with don't believe it. And, and the reason why is because I was always around, mm -hmm. but I really didn't talk much. Like mm -hmm. I was really introverted. I'm still introverted, but I was really shy and introverted, but I was always around. And like I said, mm -hmm. if the homies was doing it, I'm there mm -hmm. um, for better or for worse. But <laughs> poetry was like my way of processing my emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, hip hop was how I found, you know, sort of, my my own you know way you mm. know and so it was my way of thinking my way of looking at the world my way of being with the homies mm. and so that was it was like it was like hip-hop was my outward expression and poetry was my inward was my inward reflection like my inward yeah. way to think so as i got older i was i would only rhyme like that was only that was that's I only did that around the, around the homies like mm. we'd sit and cipher and what have you but it was nothing i thought about doing publicly mm -hmm. never had recorded anything or anything what took me back to hip-hop was poetry mm. because when poetry when i got on stage and started spitting poetry i'm and i started going around and finding shows i was just searching for a mic mm -hmm. and so in order to get on the mic, like there was a bunch of hip hop sets at open mics. And so it took me back and it gave me a reason to get back on stage. Yeah. And so I, I went from there. It's like, OK, I'm spitting these poems and, you know, it's a mix of poetry and Southern storytelling and Southern preaching and mm -hmm. hip hop. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I'm like, well, I also rhyme, too. And mm -hmm. so I got more comfortable being out on the hip hop scene mm -hmm. because of the poetry. Mm. And that's how I got known. Like, yeah. oh yeah, it's the poet. And so yeah, come, you know, so I could go out and jump in ciphers and do what happy. Mm. And um, and like there was never any problem. And yeah. so they would just got used all the MCs in the area just got used to always seeing me at the hip hop shows. Mm. And from there I started throwing shows, I started hosting shows, and that's how I, that's how I kind of made my way yeah. on the hip hop scene as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's crazy. It's kind of crazy because, you know, when I left high school, like the, the any type of performance or anything, I left that in high school mm. and got back to it because of poetry. And so once poetry opened that door, everything else, performance-wise, acting, everything came mm -hmm. as a result of the poetry. 
That's interesting. Yeah. I think that but MCs, they are poets, you know, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Like it's a fine line. How would you define the difference between like a poet and an MC? I mean, I know I feel like people associate poets with like it's no beat and they're just doing mm-hmm. anything. But I mean, technically when you rhyme, it's similar to that. So how would you mm-hmm. define that? It's a lot more room. Mm. You with know? poetry? With poetry. So poetry gives you a lot more room to mm-hmm. work with. And I'm saying that to say that MC ties both worlds together. Mm-hmm. The, the title MC, mm-hmm. because the, the, the MC is an orator mm-hmm. and a performer and a showman, which both, you know, you can do that rhyming or you can do that spit in poetry. Yeah. Um, that bridges both worlds. Mm-hmm. Rapping and poetry and spoken word have different homes. Okay. You know, because when you're rap, when you're rapping, the rhythm, the rhythm the measure like the beat and the musicality of it all of that drives what you do mm-hmm. your your job is to be distinct on that beat mm-hmm. whether you blend in or on beat off time whatever you're doing that's your that's your playground mm-hmm. with poetry we set our own rhythm our own pace our own tone mm. you know so yeah. people's minds are our playground mm. right so our effectiveness is about how we bring that to life on stage and on a mic. And that's where the worlds are bridged, mm. which is why you see folks going back and forth. Even if they, you know, you get hated on, you know, mm. rappers always say that if you can't rap, you end up being a poet. Mm. And then, you know, so there's this thing, but being an MC is what brings it together. And so right. what you end up seeing is you see hip hop heads living in both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back and forth, you'll see a lot of MCs will say they started out writing poetry mm-hmm. because you get to play with language in a way that tight sharpens your sharpens your, your sword so mm-hmm. that when you get on the beat, what you're able to, your thought, your mindset, and your approach is different. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to figure out how to live on that beat because mm-hmm. you don't have the same room. Right. Um, and then if you're going the other way, you know, there's lots of MCs who come through the open mic and spit stuff acapella. And if the content is there, they can they got the crowd in the midst of their hands because right. they know what you know, they know where to inflect. They know where to drop the punch. Mm-hmm. You let it breathe a little bit like mm-hmm. them learning how to get, how to, you know, operate in that room. Um, once they figure that out, they know how to hold. They know how to take the crowd with them. Yeah. Um, so that's the real thing. I mean, the, the, I've always felt like the MC lives is, is, is a mix of both and lives in both places. And is the bridge is like the portal between both worlds, Yeah. but each place has a different home. And so I know that with spoken word, I have more room. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And I do see a lot of poets who make like albums mm-hmm. with music but sometimes I, if they make an album with music sometimes they're just saying poetry over the music mm-hmm. as opposed to like rapping over mm-hmm. the music because it's like a difference you mm-hmm. know what i mean um yeah okay uh, so i wanted to bring it back too because i thought it was so unique that you had jobs in the arts like you were aware to go and do that because mm-hmm. you knew like, i guess once you got that taste and that bug you knew you want to be in that world forever mm-hmm. um what made you want to get a job in the arts versus just continuing to try to be just a performer? I, I wanted to stay here. Yeah. You know, I, 
as I started to kind of, because at first it was just, you know, it was cool to do, it was fun to do. I was able to express myself and just kind of, you know, just share my thoughts. But when I when I got pushed to dedicate myself to the craft mm -hmm. and putting, you know, putting those hours in the lab and in the gym in, folks started telling me, okay, well, it's time to move. You know, where are you going? New York, LA, Atlanta, DC. What's... And I thought about it and contemplated, but I didn't want to leave here, you why, know? Why didn't you want to leave? Because I'm the kind of person that likes sanctuary. Like I like to go wherever things are. Mm -hmm. And then when that's done, I'm I want to leave it there. And I want to mm -hmm. know where it is. So I can go visit y'all again, but I'm, and I can do that here. Mm -hmm. I, New York, I'm just like, there's no peace. Everything's at a certain pace. Yeah. And just knowing I can go home to my apartment or whatever, that's not sanctuary. That's, that's a break. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's a different thing. Um, L.A., I just had no concept of. You mm -hmm. know, I'd never been out there. And when I finally got a chance to go out there, I'm like, this is just like, it's, if I now know it's not. I, mm. L.A. folks would be like, you just, you went to all the wrong, the typical parts of L.A. But it felt just like TV. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Um, I was this close to moving to D.C. Okay. That was going to be my compromise. Yeah. Um, first, it was D.C., and then there was a brief moment where I contemplated Brooklyn because I found Long Island and then Manhattan first. When mm -hmm. I found Brooklyn, I was like, hold up. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe this. Yeah. And, but when I weighed it all out, like New York, that's the cost of everything. Yeah. It's just so much. So DC was going to be my compromise. A lot of people love Atlanta, but I, it never pulled on my heart like that. Because mm, I was about to say that. What about Atlanta? Yeah. It never pulled on my heart like that. And, Probably because my first trips to Atlanta, mm -hmm. I felt the interactions I had felt too intentional. What do you mean by you know, that? It just, it felt like folks were on, mm -hmm. like just on, like they were just, like if I got to be on all the time, that doesn't fit my personality. Like I'm I a true you. Southern boy. Like I'm not going to be on for y'all all, all yeah. day, all night. Like I don't want to, if I'm going to go eat, I don't want to be on in case I bump into one of y'all. Like I don't yeah. want to do that thing. Yeah. That felt very New York to me. I got that. Even though it was Atlanta. And I'm like, well, if that's what this is, I'm not doing this either. Yeah. Um, DC was a little different because folks, my thing, my, that DC moves very quickly, mm -hmm. but folks don't really, like, they don't really care. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only thing I couldn't deal with with DC was I had an aunt who was just like, You've gotta you've gotta maneuver in a certain way. Like the, like how you maneuver and where you maneuver, like appearances and connections and networks matter a lot around here. Mm. And once again, I'm a Southern boy. I'm like, do I wanna do all that dancing? So yeah. the thing was for me was like, if I can stay here, then I can do all of that, but mm. I only have to do it for so long and then I come back home. I got that. So in my mind, I was like, I would like to be based here or somewhere. It's like now the reason why Denver why I almost wanted to move to Denver was Denver has a very, it's like if you took Charlotte, Greensboro and the triangle and blended them together, mm -hmm. that's what Denver feels like. Really? Like you've got professional sports teams. Mm -hmm. It's really spread out and sparse. So it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. over, like, like just buildings and stuff everywhere. Yeah. Um, there's still a little bit of rural. Mm -hmm. There's still city. It has all the things, all mm -hmm. of the features. And a variety of people, you know, mm -hmm. you it's, it's especially a lot of Latin and Hispanic folks um, and a lot of culture mm -hmm. because there's so many different types of folks. Right. 
So lots of underground spots, a lot of little hidden little, you know, things that I'm like, okay, I can do this. This mm -hmm. is, I can live over here and drive a little bit away from stuff mm -hmm. and kind of have my little moment. And I can you know, get in the car and drive here, drive there. And I can have whatever experience I want. I can go to Aurora, mm -hmm. this hella black. I could go over here. Like, mm -hmm. and then there's banking, there's finance, there's all of mm -hmm. the, all of the concert venues and all that. And I was like, okay, so I can get this. Yeah. Um, but that's why. And mm -hmm. so, but, but that's what made me want to stay here. I just yeah. wanted, I wanted to be based here and see if I could figure out how to see the rest of the country and then ultimately see the rest of the world, but come back home here. Yeah. Did you figure that out? Uh, I mean, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because that's specific to me. Mm. I'm not big on touring. And mm. so that's, I mean, that's, that's really how I've done it. Mm. Like I leave here and go wherever you know, the arts is how I've seen the country. Like, I didn't grow up in a family that took a bunch of family trips. Like, I've seen the country as an artist. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me across the country and mm -hmm. continues to do so. So I go wherever I go, mm -hmm. do whatever I do, hang out, meet some people, see, see, see the city, and I come home. Mm -hmm. So that's how I've done it. Yeah. And it feels good for me. Yeah. Um, and so for me to leave here, I'd have to be leaving here to go somewhere where I can continue to do the same thing. I got you. I feel that. I like peace, too. And um, I lived in New York for a short period of time in my life. I also lived in um, the D.C. area. where I was really mostly in PG for seven years because I went to Howard to get my master's. Mm -hmm. So I totally understand that of having to be, like, aware and on point and, you know, aware who you're talking to, who, who you're not talking to because you don't even need to talk to them type of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, so I get it. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I was like. I started becoming homesick towards the end. Because I miss that piece of North Carolina. It's mm -hmm. just I don't know, and maybe because I was born and raised here too. It's just it's just different from anywhere else in the world, and it's very like serene and peaceful for mm -hmm. me. You know what I mean? But the difficult about that, the, the hard part of that is that, which I know for a lot of artists around here is very difficult, is opportunities are not as prevalent and obvious that is true. here. That is true. And so, if I was going to be here then my options were to kind of build, try to build a buzz here as an artist mm -hmm. to, to gain, to get someone's attention, not here for me to, you know, to get on and get put on. And, you know, I tried, tried that for a little bit and thought I was close one time had, I was, was working with an indie label and that didn't work out. And mm -hmm. so I learned, I'm like, well, I want to be here and I want to keep creating. Mm -hmm. Um, there's only so many places for me to place me and my art here. Mm -hmm. um, I need to be active because you've got to sustain yourself. You got to mm -hmm. stay in it to be in it. Right. And I need to stay active to get gigs or for my reputation to build or for anybody to want. But I also got to pay bills. Right. And so I'm like, well, let's learn how all this works. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, I started out performing and then I got asked to do workshops. And because I had a background of working with kids, I'm like, well, I'll figure curriculum out. Mm -hmm. Then I got into higher ed and I'm like, okay, well, I see what this is. And then it's like, I started doing shows and learning how to curate and put shows together. So then I'm like, okay, so then how do you develop programs? And so, you know, the community gave me a chance to think about how to put, you know, how to develop programs. And so mm -hmm. I got into program development, but I also come from project supervision. So I understand like logistics and mm. processes and procedures and things like this. So it's just, tr it's just transferring skills right. and blending skills. Um, and then just equipping myself along the way. Mm. 
in a lot of, oh, yeah, uh-huh, I can do that. Whether I knew how to do it, like, yeah, okay, yeah, with yeah. it, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, sure, okay. And so that's how I've been able to, to sustain. It's like each opportunity, as long as I'm focused on it, and if I do pretty good, ends up leading to another opportunity. Right. And then leaving out of that, I can't just leave it with the experience. I need to leave each opportunity with a new, at least a new skill. I like that. Right. I like that. And so I'd get a job and I'm always like, okay, I know what I'm doing, but what else, what else can I help out with? Because mm-hmm. I'm leaving this job with a new skill. Mm-hmm. And that skill is how is how I'm getting the next job. So I'd get to the next job and be like, like, can you do this? I'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mind you, I don't have any experience in it. Yeah. But I got the last job to let me do it because I, I had extra time on my hands. So right. I'm like, yeah, I know how to do that. And mm-hmm. so then I do that. And then I'm like, okay, so is there anything else you need help with? Mm-hmm. And I'd get an extra dollar in my dollar in my paycheck with the next job. Yeah. And I worked through temp agencies and I'm like, um, I increased my typing. I like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. that's how I maneuvered. And so it's like, and so that's my mindset. My mindset is always every experience. Not just leaving with every you know every opportunity I get, I'm not leaving with the experience. I'm leaving with a new skill, mm-hmm. and um, so that's how I've been able to buy more time as an artist here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is to be able to learn the the industry, yeah, um, and learn performing arts, and learn theater, and learn festivals, and learn that from the inside, mm-hmm. so that you know I can afford to keep making and creating and afford to be able to, to, to take, you know, but also to make connections that mm-hmm. lead to me having a chance to go perform at this or perform at that. And so that's what I've done. Yeah. And that was going to lead into my next question. Cause I feel like you have built your own platform. Mm-hmm. Like you're not necessarily following any group and, and maybe you could, but it just seems like you built your own platform. You have a great reputation mm-hmm. throughout the state. Cause I was in Raleigh when I heard of you and I'm in Greensboro and I hear about you, you know, and other places, Durham, mm-hmm. you know, um, that was the intention mm-hmm. was to build that platform. It was yeah. in, in, you because, know, because you didn't have the ability to have the opportunities here that you would have had at other places. No, right? I didn't. And, and what's funny is, is that there is actually more going on than you would think. Mm-hmm. But we're down south, so if you don't know someone, you don't know mm-hmm. what opportunities there are. Mm-hmm. Like it's still very word of mouth and connection oriented. Right. So at that time, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I started being out and active enough that my name started to get further than I did. Mm-hmm. And then people started reaching out because mm-hmm. I'm always out and about, so I'm easy to find. And so mm-hmm. I started getting offered opportunities. I'm like, well, I didn't even know this was going on. Right. And I'm asking my peers and they didn't know either. Yeah. Right. And so, but I get there and there might be other artists there. And I'm like, I don't ever see y'all. So how did y'all even find out that this exists? Like where y'all come from and where did this come from? Right. And then I'm like, well, there's, you know, there's different levels, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. there's different opportunities and there's, but which is a very Southern thing. Right. You know, like somebody got access to some resources and they called who they knew. Mm Mm-hmm. And they don't know the rest of us. <laughs> and right. so they didn't call us. Right. And depending on what that person looks like, they ain't calling us. Yeah. Because they, they ain't going to never be where we are. Right. So it wasn't until I got to a place of starting to be in some of those spaces, I'm like, there's more here. So then that made me even more curious. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, then I, how do I, how do I know what's going on? And so I'm like, 
what are the organizations that have opportunities to offer? Mm. Who's in, like in the, like here across the state, who's working in the arts? Mm-hmm. You know, who's sending artists into these classrooms? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? And I just started being really curious about it and hunting and digging. Yeah. And so I'm like, this is this is what it this is what it means for me to survive here. This is what also I'm like, well, if I'm gonna do anything, like how can I help folks? Because I come, you know, what I'm saying like my elders grabbed me early when I was as an artist and when you think about social justice and community and equity mm-hmm. and building capacity, mm-hmm. like there's all kinds of young talent out here. Um, how do I, how do I make this work? Like who else can I bring along? Like who else can come through mm-hmm. with me? And it's still a very business mindset. It's like, I just need y'all to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I just need y'all to come through, show up and show out. Mm-hmm. Cause then I'll get a call again and I can put some money in my pocket and then put some money in y'all pocket. Right we can build this reputation together mm-hmm. and then y'all can see this and then they can come back and ask y'all like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. let's, it's like a spider web. Like, let's just, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but not everybody, I, but I, it was, I realized that, that that seems real idealistic to a lot of people and not as many people were on board as I thought they would be. Right. Um, so no, you know, I that, wanted to say something very quickly. What yeah. you just said that I feel like is key is that you were actively searching for organizations and you were actively yourself doing things. And I think a lot of times people are sitting still mm-hmm. wanting things to come to them in all actuality. It really doesn't work like that. Even if you were in a bigger market, mm-hmm. you still have to actively go out and do mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So, in yeah. you know, mind you, like I said, I'm I actually, you know, I have, I have a very public career, but I'm really introverted and I have social anxiety. So like, I'm not a social butterfly, mm-hmm. but being present, like being out and active gives me a reason to interact. I love people, mm-hmm. you know, but I can only do it for so long. I feel you. But I'm curious and I love to be places and I love meeting different people and having, mm-hmm. like, I love having great random conversations. Like I, I just, I just enjoy it. Um, but if you're a social person, then I don't understand why you're not out and about. Mm-hmm. Now I do get it. It's a sacrifice. Like I spend a lot of money mm-hmm. to be out. Mm-hmm to build the career, to build a reputation that I have. Mm-hmm. A lot of gas money, a lot of entrance fees, a lot of whatever to be out places, to bump into someone, for them to be like, I think I seen you, you know, you be at all the joints. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, who are you? What are you like? I'm like, oh, you're a poet, well, you know? And well, you know, I don't know too many poets, but I got this thing, or do you teach? Or like, well, I work at this youth program, like, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to didn't, put myself, you know, in a position to get an opportunity. Because mm-hmm. in every room is a possible opportunity. It's just how do you get to it? Mm-hmm. So it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can feel like you're not making headway. But I had, I'm here, so I have no choice but to play a long game. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, it's either play a long game or you have three options. You play a long game, you can pick something and throw all your energy and all your effort into it mm-hmm. and hope it works out, or you can leave. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm an MC and you know, and I'm I'm in hip hop, I'm also a poet. Mm-hmm. Um ain't no, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I've been close a couple of times, but ain't no I'm not enticing, ain't no D-boy showing up, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. to kind of like, you know, help spur my career. Like right. that's I'm mean, that's not lucrative enough of enough attraction. Right. Um there's no there's no there's no major industry like there ain't no red carpet dreams, you yeah. know, for 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 the messages I deliver. So 
that that wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Trust me, I was looking like, yo, <laughs> any of the homies, any of y'all, any of y'all from yeah. around the way, any of y'all want to come fund this? No, no, none of y'all. Okay. Yeah. Right. We wish we love you, dog. We appreciate what you do. I, I mean, you know. Yeah. I, I that's great. Anybody? <laughs> anybody want to put some money on it? Right. <laughs> um. So yeah. So it's it's. So I think that's hard, but yeah. you're right. Like you had, there's there's work to do beyond just creating your art mm-hmm. to be able to make it in a market that's not popping. Yeah, you know, and um, it is not for lack of talent. Like mm-hmm. there's amazing talent. We have award-winning artists from all different kinds of North Carolina, parts of North Carolina every year. At yeah. Grammy, Emmys, there's always somebody here winning something. Yeah. Um, but most of the, but a lot of the recognition that folks are getting is from outside of the state because mm-hmm. there's not any major industries based here. Right. So you have to, once again, you have, to, I was telling some, I was talking to, talking to a student and I'm like, you have, you have to survive to make it, which mm-hmm. means you have to sustain mm-hmm. to survive. Mm-hmm. If you don't, survive you're never gonna make it Mm -hmm. if you if it's gonna take six years for you to blow and you could only make it three it's not that you never blew you just couldn't you just didn't survive long enough to blow right Right. so i don't know i may i may win an award when i'm 60 Mm -hmm. you know but i'm gonna be making art until i'm 60. right i may never but i'm gonna make art till i croak right and I'll have my impact and I'll have, you know, lived my life and done as much as I could and mm. mentored a lot of folks and, you know, made some money, lost some money. Mm. But ain't no possibility for anything to ever pop below for me to win anything, anything to happen if I'm not active. Right. And right. I refuse to not be active. Right. I got two questions. They're kind of like separate but connected from what you just said. For one, you keep describing things as opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um and I want you to break that down because every opportunity brings you a different form of compensation. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily money. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's coming in different ways. Mm-hmm. How are you distinguishing opportunities you should take versus opportunities that you need to pass up? Um, that's a good question. I, I'm probably a cautionary tale because I took on I took on I took on anything I could. Mm-hmm. Um, it not not out of desperation, mm. but the driving force for me was I was like I don't I didn't feel like I knew enough, mm-hmm. and the only way to know enough is for me to gain as much experience as possible. So, mm. like I said, yes to a lot, but I did not say yes to a lot of the same things. Gotcha. There are folks who probably would not have taken some of the opportunities I took because mm-hmm. some of them I made money, some of them I didn't make much money at all, some of them cost me money, mm-hmm. but. I saw the value in having a wide variety of experiences Mm. and being in a variety of different places, seeing things from a variety of different perspectives, Mm -hmm. because I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about both who I can meet and connect with and what, where I can, I'm thinking about myself, my art and my trajectory. Mm -hmm. So for my art, if I'm in a variety of different places, I got to figure out what can I bring to these spaces? Mm -hmm. And I'm not forcing myself into a space and I'm not conforming for a space. So that means I got to go back to the lab. Mm. So how do I build my repertoire that I can move and maneuver and like connect in these spaces? Mm. Me personally, like I, I'm not going to 
I'm not a salesman, so I need to be present mm -hmm. to see what's going on, both in terms of placing myself in front of these different people, because mm -hmm. I'm here and I need I need seeds planted wherever. Mm -hmm. um, but also for my trajectory, the more I see, the more I can, the more I have at my disposal to think about how I'm going to move for the future. Mm. Like I now have a, a wider and a deeper view of what's going on around here. Right. You know, so now, for instance, I used to have conversations about space is always a problem. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk to arts councils and things like that, I'm like, when you're doing professional development, telling people how to write for grants and things like that, that's beautiful. You're telling people how to go after resources mm -hmm. and you can encourage their craft. That's cool. So if I got a couple dollars and I have a beautiful piece to present, where am I presenting it? You help me get money and you help me get deeper into my craft. I went to some workshops and I have this work. What am I doing with it? What you haven't taught me is to go out into my city and realize there is no space in my city perfect for what I want to do. So how do I, how am I able to walk into a space, walk into a restaurant, walk into a bar, walk into a gallery and envision what this could be how mm. can we transform this space how can i have that conversation so i can put this art up somewhere mm -hmm. there is no there is no course that's, that, that that doesn't get taught right in your major cities that gets mentored you know curators mm -hmm. and exhibitors that's an apprentice like you learn under someone and your experiences tell you how to shape shape how you learn to create these experiences mm -hmm. you know festivals you there's a person who tried it out and then brings people under them and you learn how to run a festival being in the midst of how a festival runs. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if I'm out and about, then I'm seeing what people are doing. Mm -hmm. So then I can figure out, okay, so how can I, how can I flip that for my folks and what I do? You know, okay, I'm over here. Okay. Well then how can I black this out? Okay. I see what y'all are doing. Okay. What if I, you know, so because I gotta, I gotta, mm -hmm. I, you know, you, you got to kill. I got to kill what I eat. Right. So if there's three venues and everybody's trying to use them, where else am I going? You know what? But I was over here. I was over there. I was curious and I heard about this thing and they did it in the back room of a barbecue of a barbecue shack. Yeah. I'm in there like, oh, cool. Well, yeah. I know somebody that's got a restaurant. Can I do something in the back? What you going to do in here? Look, let me show you. Let me tell you how I'm gonna do it. Let's see, what we're gonna do. It. Oh, work. Well, yeah. That's what you want to do. Well, matter of fact, you can get it. You can get it for free. Word. So let me throw my. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I need to know how to maneuver. Yeah. If I don't know how to maneuver, I'm stuck. Yeah. And I'm not gonna be stuck. Yeah. It's about creating that. Mm -hmm. That and, and being able to visualize and create that platform. But if you don't see it, you're not gonna know what to do it. Which is leading me to the next part, which I feel like you're hinting at it. Um, because you said it earlier in terms of it's not necessarily an industry here. Because I had a guy on uh, DJ Carolina. Have you heard of DJ Carolina mm -hmm. before? We were talking about um, how North Carolina doesn't have like a distinctive sound. Mm -hmm. Like when you hear a record from an artist from North Carolina, you don't necessarily be like, oh, that's North Carolina. Mm -hmm. You just like, that's a dope artist, you know? So I feel like when you just talked about how it's not necessarily an industry here, do you feel like North Carolina can sustain an industry? Do you feel like North Carolina wants an industry? Or do you feel like North Carolina likes being North Carolina? I think, I think they want an industry. Um, I just, I don't think they know. I don't think North Carolina knows what they want it to be because 
what's happening, and it's the same thing with the sound. North Carolina has a rich, long-standing musical arts tradition. Mm-hmm. There's so many legends that are from here. Problem is, is that it's legends from across genres. Mm. You know, and it's such a transplant. This is like, you know, you used to call it the Middle East. Like we're, like if you're going further down south, you like so many people have roots and ties in North Carolina for mm-hmm. some period of time. You've got military folks down east. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's mama, daddy spent time here because because mm-hmm. of military. You've got folks relocating here for the Research Triangle Park. Or if you, you know, you're engineer, you might end up this way. Mm-hmm. For years, tobacco, what have you, you might end up in Winston. Mm-hmm. If it's finance, you might end up in, sh- like, there's so many different reasons for people to be here for however long. Mm-hmm. There's so many influences. Mm-hmm. And there have been for years. So it's really eclectic. The problem is, is we're Southern. Like mm-hmm. we have yet, we have yet to get to the place. We're not like, we're not like Cali. Like right. we haven't, we're not like Cali. We're not one of those places that has accepted being eclectic. That's interesting that right. you say that. Okay, keep going. Keep right. Going. We haven't, we haven't, yeah. that we haven't come to that realization and made yeah. that a thing. Yeah. So what happens is, is I don't think we know what kind of scene we want, hmm. you know, because yeah. there's, you know, because we we're not we're not DC, we're not New York, we're not like we're we are truly a hodgepodge, and it's it's blues, it's jazz, it's rock, it's folk. Mm-hmm. Like we had Grammy and Emmy award winners across the board, Latin. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we've we've had all of that here, mm-hmm. and we have native like we have indigenous artists. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of traditional music and culture happening here. Um, but if we ever decided to be, I feel like that it would feel really awkward if we ever embraced our eclecticness because it doesn't seem like it fits in the South. Okay. I can see that what you just said, but I think that's what we are. And if we ever embraced it, then we could actually build a sustainable scene Mm. because you also have people who are transplanted here from all over. And Mm -hmm. if you do that, everybody, everybody's going to find something that they, that's familiar to them. Right. Your New York heads are going to find that. Mm-hmm. Your DC heads are going to find that. Your Midwest heads are going to, because all of it's here. Right. And all of those things have, have somebody that's made it there mm-hmm. that has ties here because mm-hmm. they family migrated from here to here. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. we've got all of that here. We've got, you know, if you're from the West, you're going to find that vibe here. It's here. Yeah. But we just, we, that, that's the thing. I think, so I think that's the problem. So, if that's the case, what that does is it puts pressure for folks to experiment more. I can't tell you who's going to show up for what. Like mm-hmm. I've literally, over the years, I've thrown shows. I've had different people show up. We got to a point, we started asking people, how'd you find out about this? Mm-hmm. And no matter how much promo or ads or whatever, folks be like, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. The, we do the Poetry Slam every month. There'd be a whole year where a half to two thirds of the crowd is different every month mm. and we're like man it'd be crazy if any of the returners came back but i'm like <laughs> and it never happens yeah what happens is is there's depending on what's going on there's a different set of folks who hear about it. it's like let's go try that this time like mm. that's what we have around it so the only way you can win mm. is to be in a place where you can do a variety of things mm. yeah or place yourself in a variety of spaces because you never know what audience you're going to grab right um if you're like, nah, I'm gonna do this thing, 
then okay, cool. You can do that thing every time out. As long mm-hmm. as you understand that there's going to be a point in time where folks are going to be like, I don't want to do that right now. I want to go do this. Mm-hmm. And if you can take that L, because they may all show up next month. Right. Them and some more. Right. Or they may show up two months later. Can you take two months of L's? Hmm. I can't. No. I don't want to. <laughs> so then how do you so collaboration, mm-hmm. different what where place where can you place your art? Mm-hmm. What type of like how can you what can you do? Like what kind mm-hmm. of different kinds of things can you throw? Mm-hmm. This is my experience. I mean, there are folks who stay true to what they do and, and kind of figure it out. But like from my experience, this is what I saw. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's how I had to, to think business wise. But yeah, yeah, I feel like that we're just, we have not gotten to a place where we're ready to say like, no, like we're eclectic as hell over here. Yeah. It makes sense. What you just said mm-hmm. makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Cause it made me think about even like Chapel Hill, how different they are there versus Durham, how different it is there versus Raleigh, how mm-hmm. different it is there, mm-hmm. you know, versus here mm-hmm. versus Winston, mm-hmm. which is 20 minutes away. So yeah, that, that got my brain going. I like that. I mean, when you think about let's, I mean, even hip hop. Like, I love Moray, and I, 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 some of some of my homies were talking about him, and I listened to the song, and I was like, "Oh, great, what?" And I went hunting. Mm-hmm. What's so crazy about that is that if when you listen to him, and he's from Fayetteville, when you listen to what's on the radio now, you'll go. Oh, okay. I get mm-hmm. it because it sounds in that vein. Mm-hmm. Problem is, they ain't nobody else. Like the only other person, street oriented or whatever, on the radio from North Carolina is the baby. And the baby does not sound like Moray. Not at all. And one's, one's on one side of the state and one's from the other. Mm-hmm. Now, they sound like they fit when you listen to the radio, mm-hmm. but the rest of those folks are from all over the country. Mm-hmm. You've got two artists from here and neither one of them sound the same. That's what North Carolina is. Right. If you throw Cole or Rhapsody into the mix, it keeps getting more disparate and more diverse. Right. If you keep going and you look at Luke Nasty and mm-hmm. you keep like, if you keep looking at who's blown, mm-hmm. none of them sound the same, but they're all from here. Yeah. And so like, if you think about the shows, like here at the artist worker come, there may be six, seven artists, none of them sound the same. Yeah. And they all live in the city. Yeah. So, but that's just where we are. Yeah. Um, and I'm, t- and you know, when so when you see talent shine, like really real talent, like there's gonna always be folks who are just doing whatever's hot. That's mm-hmm. always gonna happen. That's always the case. It happens in poetry, but mm-hmm. in terms of real, sh- like, art, like they're different. They're, yeah. They're all different, and that's always what it's been. Yeah. And so that's what we. That's what I feel we are. Yeah, I feel we are too. Now that you're breaking it down, mm-hmm. you know. So we got to the portion of the show, um, which is the important part. Where we talk mm-hmm. about the five steps mm-hmm. for a person to get into this game, mm-hmm. um, in particular in your ride as a poet or MC. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and let the people know what, what are the five steps you would say to get into this game. So the 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 first thing um, is feed yourself. Huh. Um, last poets, I never forget. Last poets said that you can't like how are you going to feed the people if you don't feed yourself? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I say, I like, and I like that because it doesn't, you can read, you can converse, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. You can listen like however you want to get information. You got to keep learning. You got to keep feeding yourself. Um, You got to keep studying. You got to keep, you know, and that's why for me, opportunities, like I'm, I'm the kind of learner. I like to put my hands on things. Mm -hmm. So for me to go somewhere and experience something, I learn a lot from it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a hyperactive short attention span person. So I can't always sit and read for hours. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll listen to something and I'll Google for hours or I'll go listen to a talk or, you know, or just go sit in the coffee shop and, you know, so, 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 but feed yourself. That's number one. Um, number two is always look for opportunities to improve your craft. And I'm notorious for looking across disciplines. Um, My students know that. Like I'll, you know, I'll go watch a painter and I'm watching, you know, them paint and I'm, and I'm like, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a writing exercise in this, Hmm. you know, or I'm listening to a business. Like I go to a business lecture and I'm listening to them talk about concepts and I'm like, there's a way for me to think about artists. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I sit and watch folks talk about, you know, I'll, I'll watch something about something Rock Nation does. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I know how to do this event. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't got Rock Nation money, but it's, <laughs> the, it's watching them put it together. I'm like, Ooh, I can do this thing at this spot down the street and pull these concepts together. Um, so always look for ways to, to hone your craft. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's the second thing. Third thing um, is Always, you know, think about different ways to place, different places to place your craft. Okay. Um, and, and that includes grants. Mm-hmm. You know, grants are a different way to place your craft. Mm-hmm. Um, fellowships are a different way to place your craft. Mm-hmm. Different organizations. I used to always talk to, you know, I used to always talk to artists like, you know, there's a number of conferences that happen. Mm-hmm. They're themed. There are a lot of interest organizations mm-hmm. that are around a particular interest. Mm-hmm. Do you have work that fits that? Mm-hmm. You know, is there is there a possibility? Are you Greek? I had a young cat that he was, you know, like he, like he started it before he left college, but left out of college and his... Um, fraternal organization he wasn't even divine nine like he was at a pwi but his mm-hmm. fraternity got him gigs all over the country he was able mm-hmm. to tour off of that and yeah. build a following um he was just smart enough to recognize like right. i have this network so all of those are just thinking about where can i place my art mm-hmm. um most dev did that gallery experience and it's wild that so many artists have to get to a certain point. And I understand mm-hmm. it because if you get to a certain level, a certain recognition, then galleries are asking you. And, mm-hmm. But there are galleries in your city. Like there mm-hmm. are ways, you know, like there's, they're just so, like you can, it's hard for you to place art that's not visual art in the gallery. Mm-hmm. But you know visual artists. Right. So is there someone who has art or photographs that can match the music or mm-hmm. match the poems? Mm-hmm. If so, then now you have an exhibit. Mm. right 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 that exhibit can run for a couple days Mm. um you can help sell the art Mm. and you can build an audience for you and your music Mm. but now it's an exhibit but we don't think about that Mm. 
Mm-hmm. because fine art is not something that's accessible to everyone. So mm-hmm. if we haven't experienced it, we, we don't see this. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd, I'd go and see abstract, like I would, I would just, because I'm curious, I would go see mm-hmm. some of the weirdest stuff. Mm-hmm. And folks, oh my God, this is amazing. Really? Yeah. This is amazing? Because I don't know what the hell's going on in here. <laughs> yeah. But y'all all showed up for it. And what it looked like is they just threw some stuff together and gave it a good explanation. And y'all like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, well, I know people that are really dope that, yeah. why don't, you know, so yeah. look for ways to play shots. So that's three. Four um, is resist the anger and frustration. Why do you say that? Because it's not going to be easy. So there's a lot of things you got to mm-hmm. deal with. You may not get love at home. You may get love elsewhere before you get love at home. Yeah. You can't walk around with that madness of frustration. You can't walk around with that anger. Yeah. You, there may be folks who get props before you do. Yeah. You can't get, you can't walk around with that anger of being passed over. Mm. You can't, you know, your friends and your family may not show up for none of your stuff. Yeah. Can't, you can't walk around with that. Like yeah. there's a whole nother group of people waiting for you and waiting for your art mm-hmm. and none of your folks may ever show up for nothing you do yeah it don't mean i don't love you but there's also still an audience for like that's not your audience right that's right? not your audience that's right. not your audience so stop waiting for them to show up even your homies stop waiting for them yeah if they weren't going to stuff like this before and they may go see you know whatever top artist because that'll happen too far y'all go see these concerts don't help you you knew before you ain't never mm. heard of them going to go see nothing local <laughs> go no local live shows or nothing yeah just because you doing it don't expect them to suddenly change right it makes no sense right right your, yeah. your only reason why your expectation of them has changed is because you're doing it yeah that's not your audience yeah right that's not your audience. So you can't get caught up in that because that'll that'll derail you. Yeah. Um, there are people waiting for you, so don't do that. I I, I not and I'm off of that because I had to struggle with that. Um, because when I first started doing stuff, all my folks came out because it was, you know, was, we all young, it's a cute thing to do. Right. As we all got older, they stopped coming. Right. I could be mad, but this isn't their thing. Right. We just got to a place where they had to start making decisions about where they spent their time. Right. And this ain't their thing. Right. The homies that this is their thing and is all they've always been those kind of folks still come out. Yeah. Everybody else lives their life. Right. I don't expect you. Only way I would expect you to ride with me is if I made enough. Like if we was draking it, then I'd been like, <laughs> then I expect all y'all because yeah. I'm, I'm funding all for all of us to be here. <laughs> right. Then let's all be here. But if I ain't doing that, then everybody got to make their own way. And then the last thing, um is to this is a cost this is one thing that i'm learning late that i i, I want to talk is that to um make sure that you just are tight with how you uh, tight with how you put things out okay right and this is important so when i say tight with how Cause I'm a perfectionist and there's a lot of stuff I didn't do because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had the resources to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate that. Like I, what I really love is when I see folks who put stuff out that's not perfect, but they put it out perfectly, mm. you know, yeah, with confidence, with intentionality, and I love it. And I see people respond to, even I respond to it. I'm like, yo, 
Like that's cool. Like they're there are songs I've loved that weren't mixed with well. Yeah. But I love the grittiness of it. And I'll defend it like, yo, y'all just don't understand how dope this is. Like, yeah. and then I realized we all do that. We all have these things that resonated with us for a particular reason that we love. We love yeah. discovering things. Right. We love finding stuff ain't nobody else know about. Like we love yeah. that. And um, you can't just hold on and hold things down. I mm. there are at now, business wise. Mm-hmm. You want your business on point. You right. don't want to be messy with your business. Right. That's different. Right. Right. That's a totally different thing. But art wise, mm. stop searching for perfection. It's yeah. never going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, there I've seen folks. I saw a band put out a CD folded in paper and they got mm. cardstock and the cards, the, the artwork was hand drawn. And they folded the CD up and I saw them sell a bunch of them things at their shows. Yeah. Because at the end of the show, you want the CD. Right. Nobody's going over and looking at the package and going, oh, this isn't professional. <laughs> you just killed the show. They're just like, we want this, we want that. We want the teach. They find right. it up and they look at it and they're like, well, this is interesting. Yeah. Unwrap the thing and put the CD in. Yeah. I've seen a lot of stuff, but it was imperfect, but they, but it was done perfectly. Right. And so that was something I had to learn because there's a just, just, I sat on a lot of, pro, a lot of stuff that I just was like, I'd start and I'm like this, I don't, I can't do it right. I can't put it out the way it needs to be put out. And I just sit on it. Yeah. Show it to a couple of people and never was a bad response. I just mm-hmm. got self-conscious about it yeah. and, and embarrassed. And, and I'm like, nah, that's just, don't ever do that. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, yeah. You just, and I think, too, because it kind of plays into the concept of sometimes you get in your own head with stuff mm-hmm. and you won't even start. Or even if you do start, then you'll stop. But it's mm-hmm. just like you got to keep doing it and keep going mm-hmm. and doing it with um, good intentions. Mm-hmm. You didn't say that. But that's why I'm, I'm interpreting what you're saying. Basically, doing it with good intentions because you're going to build and grow as you go. And if you're creative, then that, then then it, this is the thing is for me. It's like if you're creative. Then do it. Cre- whatever you're gonna do, do it creative. If you can't, if you can't do it professionally, mm-hmm. do it creatively. Yes. You know. Yeah. Because it's still gonna have an impression on people. So it's yeah. like, even if you make a mistake, make it, make it on, t- make it on purpose. Right. Like you know what I'm saying. Like right. own it, own it. And so if you can't do it professionally, you may not be able to afford to at least do it, cre- do it creatively. Yeah. Um, and it'll still, it'll still do what it needs to do. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, but that's, that's something I wish someone had told me. So I, that's, that's that fifth piece of work. Yeah. I loved your uh, course that mm-hmm. you just gave. It was awesome and different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So you said you just basically went over your syllabus for the course. What's the prerequisite before they come to your class in the morning? Mm. Prerequisite before coming to the class. Yeah. Man, that's so much. Um, Cause I'm a different individual. So prerequisite. Uh, all right, cool. So there's, um, I'm gonna recommend a variety of things. Okay. Um, from where we dream, um, is a book, uh, uh, Robert Olin Butler, I think is the author. Amazing book. Um, uh, it's it's a fic- it's a book about writing fiction, mm-hmm. but I think anything about painting stories because the mm-hmm. beautiful thing about it that he did was he compares it to how we understand movies, mm. and I think it was so such a brilliant 
way because everybody thinks they understand movies. Mm. But and thinking about like how you tell a story and how you paint pictures and doing that, mm. thinking about why we love movies, I thought was just it was mind blowing. Mm. Um, Delonious Monk. Coltrane and Monk are my two jazz go-tos. And I know everybody loves Thelonious Monk and John yeah. Coltrane. But there's, um, it's funny, I was listening to Rakim talk about how jazz influenced his, how he writes rhymes. Mm. Because he looked, if you see an interview, you'll see him talking about putting 16 dots on a page because he knows there's 16 bars in a verse. And then he's looking at it as like how many words can you fit in that line and mm-hmm. you know but i recently heard him do another interview and, and he got deeper into it and it's he listened to jazz um and jazz improvisation mm-hmm. and the way that they would change and and do no and just all of the the rhythms and that's what he uses inspiration so he's mm-hmm. like if i have this measure of music that i know i have then what are all the things that I can do? Mm-hmm. Then the crazy thing is I had heard um, that there was a rumor that there's a song that, that, and I can't remember which song it is, but I used to play it for my students. I can't remember which, can't remember right now, but he, there's, not a, there's not a two bar pattern repeated in the song. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to it a number of times and I, and I could hear subtle changes, mm-hmm. but I listened to this interview and he's like, that was an intentional thing mm. uh, because he listened, he was listening to a jazz record and the jazz artist never did not play the same sequence of notes, the entire song. Mm. So that, so he was like, I did that in a few records earlier in my career mm-hmm. was to not repeat a pattern. I mm. have to change something. So um that's my reason for that's how I felt. That's hip hop was my interest way into jazz. Gotcha. Because I love the musicianship. Gotcha. And I love I love live music anyway. So mm-hmm. but I Monk and Coltrane are where I'd start. Rakim, Karis One, Big Daddy Kane, uh, Light, Latifah. I think that's a good I can build a I can build a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I add Coogee Rap in there, I can build a whole lot of connections mm-hmm. um, from those artists all the way through in terms of the family tree. There's a lot of family mm-hmm. trees, a lot of branches mm-hmm. from those artists. Um, so listening to them, those 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 five or six um, is part of that prep. A lot of things. Can, and then I think lastly, painting, um, painting wise. Um, I really love abstract impressionism. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre Brayton and the, the surrealist um, um, in um, not at, um, in French surrealism, um, the surrealist manifesto, like those those kind of artistic movements. I like, mm-hmm. um, um, especially surrealism and Andre Brayton. Like I thought it was just fascinating. Um, and the fact that Brayton was like really, like he was a really like revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Like he spoke he, a lot of revolutionary rhetoric, but that there's a an attempt to quiet the noise around you mm-hmm. in order to get to the heart of your art and the truth of your art was mm-hmm. was his thing. It gets romanticized in a way that makes it about you know 
um, state of being and, you know, and drugs and what have you. But ultimately it was about quieting the noise and getting to the mm. truth of your art. And so if I can get you to, to dive into that a little bit before we talk, we can go a lot of places. Yeah. We can go a lot of places. Man, based off your prerequisites alone, <laughs> I want to take that question. I mean, you already said it, but mm -hmm. like we were breaking that down. It's like, that would be a dope course. I love it, man. I'm a weirdo. And so. And you're not. You're, a... you, you are creative and you're different, mm -hmm. but it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's a different approach. It's like, you know, it has swag, mm -hmm. it has style, it has flavor. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like. I want to take the class. I mean, I want to go listen to the prerequisites and go to and read the book mm -hmm. and look at the paintings mm -hmm. and then take the class, you know? You know, Rakim in the same in the same interview, and I think it's actually going to end up being, um, and, I, and, and it was so crazy is that it was recent. Um, it's going to end up being on YouTube. So I think it was Grand Rapids Community College was just recently, and they had a talk between him and the, 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 the co-writer for his, book don't sweat the technique mm -hmm. they went in conversation and uh he says something else that always resonated with me because when you know like i said i'm a high, i was a hyperactive like all over the place kid and he was talking about when he um got knowledge of self and he was like he was really hesitant he was stuck because he didn't know what to do in terms of writing around because he didn't want to use islam and he didn't want to use that knowledge he wasn't gonna put mathematics in his mind like he wasn't mm -hmm. gonna he didn't want to use that as a vehicle mm -hmm. for his music career. Mm -hmm. He didn't want, he felt like that would be the wrong thing to do. Mm -hmm. And he said, what happened was, was he, much like what's happened in my life, I had a similar experience. He was talking to some OGs and he was like, he, what he came to, came to gain from that was that it's not about regurgitating Mm -hmm. what what he was what he what he could put was his understand like mm -hmm. his understanding so mm -hmm. it's like you learn it comprehend it what ends up going into your art is your understanding mm -hmm. and that's okay mm -hmm. he was like that's how he reconciled that mm -hmm. what i'm putting into my art is i'm not using that as a vehicle to make you make my art hot i'm like that's not a, that's not the transaction mm -hmm. what's going into this art is my understanding so I'm giving you what I understand from what I've learned, what I've comprehended and what I'm taking from what I'm learned. And that's what I'm giving you. Mm -hmm. And so I say all that to say is that that's what curiosity is for me. Mm -hmm. Like I can't quote, you know, there, there are scholars and there are writers who can just start quoting stuff. I'm probably not going to quote too much to you, mm -hmm. but I can tell you what I learned from whatever I read. Like mm -hmm. I'm, we, me and someone else might read the book. They can quote passages from the book. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to tell you what the book taught me. Mm. And there have been people who've helped me be okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, that it's, it's my own you know, way. Why I brought that up is that all these things, all the things I just said are from that journey, mm. you know, mm. and having OGs who helped me understand that freed me up to build my toolkit mm -hmm. in a way that was particular to me mm. and I didn't have to build it like anyone else right because I don't think I'd have been here I got here if I had to build it that way right we all have to come to an honest understanding of who we are mm -hmm. and rigid rigidity mm -hmm. is not something I'm for yeah so I enter into rigid spaces when I figured out a way for me to exist inside of it if I haven't I don't go into it mm.
I'm only able to move in certain spaces because I've been given the freedom and the affirmation to equip myself Mm -hmm. well enough to be able to maneuver. And Mm -hmm. then once again, every opportunity, I don't leave with experience, I leave with a new skill. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I've built this. Um, And I wanted to say that because there are a lot of folks struggling because they they aren't intelligent or smart or whatever in the way that people expect. But that doesn't mean that you're not brilliant. Right. Um, it's just that you haven't been able to figure out the thing that makes you brilliant. Right. So that you can own it and use it at your disposal as you move forward. Right. And, you know, my goal is to help make sure that happens for folks a lot younger than it happened for me. Mm-hmm. I was in California at this summit. It was a social justice summit. They asked me to do a piece and I did mm-hmm. a piece. And I was so self-conscious about it because it didn't say all the political things. And mm-hmm. I sat down behind, beside one of the elders, union organizer, and he was looking at me like, you all right? He was like, he was great, he was great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if it was right. Because I was so self-conscious about a room full mm-hmm. of people, activists, organizers from all over the country. And I just felt inadequate. But he was like, no, that was perfect. Mm-hmm. And what he told me was, well, he was like, the politics were present in the poem. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't, you didn't, like that wasn't, that the politics weren't the point of the poem, but mm-hmm. they were present in the poem. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, I understood what Rakim was saying. Like, if I've learned the lessons y'all are teaching me, then that is a part of every piece I write. Mm. So me having to write a piece that say the things, I don't mm-hmm. have to write a piece that says the things. I just need to address whatever I'm addressing. Mm-hmm. And what y'all have taught me is going to be a part of my perspective. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, Everything about the way that I approach my art and create and move and navigate, everything shifted. I just needed someone to be like, nah, it doesn't have to be a way. Right. You know? Yeah. You figure out what all of this means to you and give us that. Right. And those of us who get it will see it when we see it. Right. And I was like, that's all I need. Yeah. I think that's a very beautiful way of ending the show. And it made me think about a J. Cole line. Um, what was that song? Uh, I'm about to blow up. It was on um, the warm up, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, "Be you." That's when it sounds beautiful, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's important for people to know. Like, your voice is what makes you beautiful. Your voice is what makes you unique, you know. And it, even though it's different from other people, it doesn't mean that they don't understand what you're saying because they do. Mm-hmm. They be trying to play games, mm-hmm. but they understand what you're saying. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think that's beautiful, and I've really enjoyed all of this knowledge. <laughs> that you dropped today and you're an educator. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it was kind of different, you know, and I feel like I just was a student of you today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to continue to follow your curriculum. (laughs) Yeah, I I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But tell the people how they can get in contact with you. Um, So all you got to do is look up the Sana Hanu, um, D-A-S-A-N-A-H-A-N-U. The Sana Hanu on everything. The Sana Hanu.com. TheSanaHanuStore.com if you want to buy any merch or anything like that. And uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, IG is all TheSanaHanu. I'm the only person with that full name. So as long as you put that in, it's going to be me. Um, if it's, if it finds somebody picture come up that don't look like me, hit me up and tell me because <laughs> somebody playing because I'm the only person with that day. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother, for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. I really do. I'm glad we got to have our moment to connect and yeah. understand one another more. I know I was listening to you more, but um, 
I really appreciate it. And I learned a lot from you being here. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Um, I'm your host, Watcha Shula. I want to give a shout out to these mugs right here. I need some nice mugs. Man, I was I was, yeah. I was peeping this. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. My buddy Jazz made these mugs. We've been best friends since third grade. And her site is um, Kayla Rose. So follow her on Instagram and hit her up if you need a mug or she made me a keychain. She could do t shirts. She out here. She a hustler. She do it all. So shout out to Jazz. But uh, yeah, I guess I'm Watricia Shula. And thank you for joining us. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>